joy this made me think of you because this is it seems like a very joy thing that would that it's not, uh he picked out his own gravesite and dug it <laughs> i would between the present and the past memories held in the walls and earth energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. Do you want to see my ridiculous outfit right now? I love this houndstooth thing you've got going on. uh, Oh! (gasps) I love that. Oh, even more. I like, yeah, yeah. Ooh! Oh, stop. That's just the icing on the cake. Oh, God, are those hospital socks? Yes, they're hospital socks. They're from my last visit over the summer. Can I just tell you that I really have a lot of respect of your dedication to your love affair with hospital socks? I have so many. (laughs) (laughs) So many. See, here's the thing. I don't don't think that's a good thing. Probably not. But (laughs) like, if I'm going to be stuck in the hospital, I might as well get something out of it. I should have just, I should have. I should have gifted you some from when I was there for, for the baby because God knows I kept going in and out so many times. I should have just gotten a few pairs each time. I've always been one of those people, though, that even like, I'll, I'll accompany you to the ER. Hang on. I'll stay here with you for eight hours. Let me see. Is this is this open? Is this open? Down. <laughs> I Seriously, I was like, oh, one time. What did we take one time? syringes joy no i've not like anything in them no wait no i think we might have taken some lidocaine once or twice joy i don't know does max listen to this max if you listen did we take lidocaine i think we took lidocaine and gave it to our friend beep because he would use it i am scandalized (laughs) well i was also there once with my I, I think it was the same visit when my friend cut part of his thumb off oh and he was at work and he cut part of his thumb off and like I think I went to the ER with him but then we ended up bringing his thumb home what like not attached anymore and it like somehow ended up living in the mini fridge at the tattoo shop for ever that sounds like an osha violation no it was in a biohazard bag and it was fine (laughs) listeners listen i wasn't always a mom on the pta board oh my god she's not kidding she's on the pta board she is indeed that's true I hold the office of historian so Uh, there you go I, i can't think of anything else more perfect for any other person than you. How was your weekend? Well, Joy, I spent it in the snow. I'm so jealous. It was our first family vacation as a family. And keep in mind that my child is six. Hold Um, on. As a family of four. No, it's our first family vacation, period. Um, What do you mean? No, like we don't count going to see family as vacations because that's going to see family no the last time my husband and I went away was when we eloped seven years ago and that even didn't count as a vacation because we left on a Friday evening and came back on a Sunday afternoon from Hawaii because the job I had at the time threatened to fire me if I took any more than a half a day off Oh so my that was great. God. That was our last holiday that we went on together that wasn't going to see um, family. So we went to Yosemite with a six-year-old and a three-month-old. And it was amazing, snowy as fuck. And it was 
great. And I dressed my baby up like a teddy bear. Yeah, you did. And wore him the entire time, which was great. So he was just, yeah. And then um, that was smart so that the bears would be like, oh, it's cool. It's a bear. Don't eat it. Funny you should say that because joy. (laughs) Oh, no. I know that. One of your biggest fears is the dark. And the second one, dear listeners, is bears. And I found out, I was like, this is going to be great. It's wintertime. It's freezing. Bears are going to be hibernating. It's awesome. I found out when we checked in, oh, bears don't hibernate at Yosemite. What? Yeah. Why? Are they just like, there's too much good food? We don't need to. They said it doesn't get cold enough for them. And I'm going to tell you, dear listeners, it was 17 fucking degrees when we left this morning at 6 a.m. It's cold enough for me. Well, yeah. Um, They have all that fur. So the bears don't hibernate, Joy, so I'm very sorry. Um, Oh, man. And my favorite thing to do in snow is to go find the bits that don't have footprints in them and then destroy them. (laughs) Um, And it came halfway up my calf. Like that's how deep it was. It was glowing. Nice. It was, it was like it was powder, bro. It was straight powder. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like rocking. Oh man, it was, it was gonna go shred the gnar. Um, oh, it reminds me of yeah. my brief but poignant snowboarding days. Yeah, it was wonderful. Oh. And I was taking, like, I was hanging with the baby most of the time because he's been sick. Mm. So I spent the two nights we were there. I spent up at various times in the evening with the nose Frida sucking for dear life all of the oh, snot geez. out of his little face but Ugh. he's a happy kid so it's like he was you know he's happy no matter what but that's great I did take um some time and went out with my kid to the meadow yesterday just the two of us mm. in our snow bibs oh goodness and and boots I can't believe I didn't get pictures of that. No. Well, actually, real. no, I left my phone in the cab. We stayed in the cabin. I left my phone in the cabin because I knew if I didn't, I would be Instagram mom. And I would just be, t- instead of enjoying the moment, just taking pictures the whole time. Yeah. And so we went out and we ran through the field and she, um, we shoved each other into the shadows. <laughs> That's the kind she's of family. Now. We, you gotta be careful. I, no, she's she gave chill. me a no. She gave me a hefty one. Like that's yeah. the kind of family we are. We're like, what's over there? Shove. Um, oh, man. We made angels, which, oh. if I'm going to be completely honest, because I cannot stand up without a lot of help. These like ever because I'm old and whatever. Um, mine looked like the Mothman. Oh, by the time I'd gotten up, it was like there was this adorable little child-sized angel next to this mess of wings. Um, But, yeah, no, we stayed at a place called – it's one of the oldest hotels um, in the park. We stayed inside the park, and we figured because we were going on, like, a proper holiday, we would – go big or go home. So we stayed at the Awani, which is one of the oldest hotels. It was built in 1926. So cool. And it's got these awesome cabins that I think were built in 1928. And they had like all of these original like features in them. And it's oh my God. like, it's fucking gorgeous. It's gorgeous. There. I looked it up and I was just like flabbergasted. Yeah. Yeah, like we, this was our Christmas present to ourselves as a family. That's very cool. It was, it's to have an experience instead of having prezzies. Do you know what I mean? Yes, because we've requested the same this year. Yeah. (laughs) It was just, it was wonderful. And the cool thing, Joy. Yes. The cool thing is, is that, so we stayed in our cabin, had two queen size beds in it. Mm -hmm. And it's like a duplex, they're duplex cabins. So it's like one back to back but they have doors inside that can connect them. Oh. So if we get a group of, you know. Us. Us together, <laughs> we can maybe go even if it's the summertime. That, it, because it doesn't matter because the bears Who will cares? be there no matter what. Exactly. Sorry. Right. Uh, yeah. We could go and we could stay there and we can just get a cabin mm. with two queen-size beds in it and then just open up the doors. Perfect. And they have a little mini fridge in there, but that's it. So I went full because I, you know, I've talked about it on here. My anxiety is so bad that like I have to overthink and over prepare for everything. So I brought a Tupperware, 
a small Tupperware storage container and inside mm-hmm. of it, I packed every single medication that we could ever possibly need and sure. thermometers. Yeah. But then I also brought dish soap and a dish towel mm-hmm. and I requested a microwave be put in the room. And what I did is every night I washed bottles and I brought my hot tea kettle, my hot water uh, kettle. So every night I made a big, uh, I made a, a tub of soapy water. I washed mm-hmm. all the bottle bits and then I put them in the sanitizer bags that we have and I microwaved them and sanitized them. Oh, smart so it's like cookie. Yeah. Thinking, thinking, motherfucker. Listen, I know anxiety gets like a bad rap um, from me and plenty of other people, but it does also make you really fucking prepared it has its benefits <laughs> and this was one of them if you could just harness it for good all the time right and not have the shit parts right and i will say that it, over preparing for it helped me because like i was talking to my therapist about this uh-huh um because her first reaction was why are you going <laughs> Because I was like, I've got so much stuff to do to prepare. I'm so <laughs> Like, and why are you going? And I was like, no, but here's the, like, in this is in this situation, um, I can come up with the with a few of the worst case scenarios. So I can make a plan for each one of them. Mm-hmm. So I can bring the supplies and be mentally prepared for this. So if I over-prepare, then I'm going to minimize the amount of anxiety I'm feeling and I will yes. actually be able to enjoy myself. Exactly. And that is what I did. Exactly. I had a blast and I'm really glad that I got to just go out and be and have fun with my kid. Um, Me too. Playing in the snow because, you know, it's really important. And one other thing, dear listeners, where I stayed was the inspiration for the set design in The Shining. It oh, is yeah. The inspiration. It's this hotel is what inspired the entire look and aesthetic of the Overlook Hotel. Number one thing being the elevators, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Oh, you should have seen. I made I made my other half be an Instagram husband. And I made him take a picture of me standing in front of the elevators. And I'm like, why are you doing why are you doing vertical? Why aren't you doing landscape? But you should have seen it. It looked like our kid was the AC. Like she's standing there holding the diaper bag, like the assistant camera. <laughs> and he's standing there and, I, and he's like, hold on. And I'm, he's like, hang on. I think, I, no, okay, I got to get it again. And oh so she's God. standing next to him with the bag and he's standing there with the camera and I'm standing in front of it with the baby strapped to me waiting for someone to come down the elevator. Oh, but yeah, I, I took a picture of it. So I'll post that on our, on our Insta. So yeah. But before we continue... I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is The The Residuals. It's our last episode of 2022. It is indeed. We made it, everyone. (laughs) Somehow we made it through another year. (laughs) What do you think your favorite thing of this year has been? The Haunted Museum. Yeah. I mean, that was up there. Sure. Not so much being in vegas but why joy why it's just not for me riddle me this it's just it's just not i would have to yell i had to yell at somebody in the short amount of time we were in public like i would have to yell at people every 15 to 17 minutes oh my god i totally forgot about you having to yell at that guy and then he followed us and (gasps) just give him the finger to be like, fuck off. I don't care about you yelling dumb shit at women to make yourself feel better because you don't like yourself. But anyway, the Haunted Museum was a great part of this year for sure. Um, what else? I don't know. I don't even know what I did. <laughs> what What was your... I don't know. I just... I, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to say neck and neck for me would be Haunted Museum and having a baby. Like, I can't pick between the two, Joy. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's kind of important. You having a baby was up high on my list. Also. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. It's so cute. I get pictures of babies all the time. Yeah. I know. I send her one with, I send her a picture every morning with, it. this is your daily baby picture. That's true. Anessa and I are eternally grateful. Speaking of Anessa. Um, well, we've been talking about Anessa a lot. Because we love her intensely, but yes. also because Lori wrote in and mentioned her 
And then we interviewed Lori and we talked about Anessa. So I figured why not replay our last interview with her? Um, we have been talking about wanting to go through older episodes and sort of resurrect them. Mm-hmm. Not not only because they're amazing, because they are, they're great to listen to. Right. Um, but also because we have a lot of um what I'd really call formative residuals episodes that happened during the early terrifying days of the pandemic and lockdown. But like, sometimes it can be hard to listen to all of that again, but we don't want to lose these stories. Um, And there's a lot of important conversations that happen around the stories when we're telling them and when other people are telling us. So figured we're going to resurrect some residual stories. And um, that one is from... July of 2020. Oh, God. So, I mean, that was like, that was a really terrible time for a lot of us. <laughs> that was, that was, that was not a fun time. No. And that the original episode name was My Stigmata Smells Like Roses <laughs> because we're great at naming episodes. Oh, my God. So, yes, um, that is what is happening in the new year. Okay. Um, but today, Emily is supposed to tell me a story. Well, Joy, remember last time when you did a book report? Yeah. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Two oh of us goodness. can do that shit. That's very intense. My gosh, it's just a book did report. Did you like that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I was just <laughs> trying on being tough. I, <laughs> I was just trying it. it. Wasn't working. I have a book report. Mm-hmm. I'm all I ears. it was only appropriate that I do it on Haunted Yosemite. Fantastic. Right. I'm so excited. Staying on theme. But yeah. Because of this, I was sitting and like we went, we we did fancy dinner at the at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like it was like it's this huge, like cavernous, fucking gorgeous room that's oh god. The picture like, you words. sent looked like the ceiling was like four stories high. Because it is. Okay. <laughs> The walls are held up by like these gargantuan tree trunks that like that they skinned alive or whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know where they've debarked. <laughs> to be, I don't know. Anyway, so I bored I bored my poor child and husband to tears recounting all of the historical facts that I discovered about the hotel. Well, did you know that? Listen, you're very, I just want to let you know, you're very cute. You look very pretty right now, especially talking about this. Keep going. See, here's the thing. Like, ADD has two two parts for me. One, could not be, be, like, less fucked to do anything. I would rather just do anything but this. Sure. Or, as you know, there's hyper-focus, which is when I get so into something that then I become immediate, like a mini encyclopedia on legs. And I'm like, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Little librarian. <clears throat> anyway, as I was saying, um, I I bored my family to tears, um, banging on about the random facts about Yosemite and the hotel, especially when my kid was like, mommy, why is it called Yosemite? And then I just went into this long winded explanation and I just saw her glaze. Over. <laughs> it was so sad. I won't, I won't glaze. Tell me. Okay, here we go. Haunted Yosemite. So special thanks to uh, Wikipedia, um, Yosemite Tales and Mysterious Universe. Ooh. Let's get started, shall we? All, All right. right. Sprawled out across 747,956 acres. That's big. Right? Uh, of wilderness in the Sierra Nevada mountains of Northern California in the United States is Yosemite National Park. It's been registered as a World Heritage Site, and it draws in around 4 to 5 million visitors every year from every corner of the globe. What are you doing that face for? This is my educational National Geographic kids voice. <laughs> See, like it's somewhere between like my nerdy archaeology shows and Robin Leach. Which our younger 
<laughs> listeners won't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Go to YouTube. And I apologize. Go yeah. to YouTube. All right. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, carry on. Also, side note, I am going to fucking butcher the names of, oh. of the, some of these. Um, They're probably tough, yeah. I'm going to butcher some shit, and I am really sorry. No disrespect meant it's at okay. all. okay. We'll get through it together. The Lost Known Settlers, the Awanichi, inhabited the valley for most of nearly 5,000 years. Can you believe that shit, Joy? What? Oh, my goodness. They, yeah. They called the valley Awani and themselves the Awanichi. Oh, that makes sense. People, Which translates basically roughly to people of the Awani. They were part of the Sierra Miwoks. Uh, this secluded land also served as sanctuary, long protecting Native Americans from the advances of Spanish, Mexican, and American uh, colonists. Mm -hmm. Which, honestly, like driving in, it's just like these crazy fucking can't. It's like insane. Insane. Of course, they're going to be safe in there. No one can be fucked to climb those rocks. They'd look at it and be <laughs> like, mm, no, you know what? Let's just keep going. The California gold rush changed that forever because, of course, it did. Because money motivates people to climb those Ugh. fucking rocks. Yeah. During and following the gold rush, the, the Southern Sierra Miwok Nation suffered from violent dispossession, relocation, and economic disadvantage in their ancestral homeland. So the name Yosemite is a corruption um, of the term which the Southern uh, Miwoks applied to any species of bear and particularly to the grizzly. Um, and it was given to the valley because the white people who first encountered its native inhabitants called them Yosemites. Yes. Right. So, of course, thanks, white people. Yeah, I know. Ruin everything. So we're going to start with Tanaya Canyon. Uh, it's one of the most persistent locations of strange legends and mysterious occurrences within Yosemite National Park um, called Tanaya Canyon. It's become known as the Bermuda Triangle of <gasps> Yosemite. Whoa. So the written history of the canyon dates back to the early 1850s, and about this time white settlers decided to remove uh, a local Awanichi people from Yosemite. So during the removal, there was like normally – so the 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 Omanichi Remove, people okay removal like forcibly, forcibly kicked out of their home eject right. I just want to yes they forcibly ejected them so here's the thing so during this that so the Omanichi uh, people were actually really they were really peaceful people obviously unless you fucked with them um, and during sure. this time uh, you know but but most settlers would back down when they came up against them. And because it was gold rush, that didn't happen. These people, like right, yeah. the chief of the tribe was Chief uh, Tanaya, hence it being called Tanaya Canyon. So during the fight, his son was killed by these oh. settlers. And as a result, he cursed the canyon, allegedly. And he stated that he would haunt it forever. Over the years, they have been strange disappearances and many stranded hikers in need of rescue. Wow. Some of those being like a lot of um, incidents happening were really, really experienced climbers and hikers mm -hmm. having totally random accidents that... Like just stuff that was that not their shit yeah, at all. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, I tried to do a little bit more dig deeping in that, but that might be for another episode because I couldn't really come up with um, that much on that one. Because, okay. but also it's probably good because I have five more pages. Um, <laughs> so the next one we'll is give a good overview tonight. Yeah, no big deal. The next one is the Awani Hotel, which is where we stayed. So um, it's it's a short distance from Yosemite's half, half dome. In fact, it's actually. Like you can see half like half dome is like the backdrop. I took a picture of it because it's yeah, yeah. like one of the things my kid and I did is we lay down on in the meadow in the snow and we looked up at the sky and we could we just looked at half dome and it's just Oh my god. It takes your breath away. It like you feel so small and insignificant in the grand scheme of things, as you should. Yeah. We are. Um, Isn't that a good feeling though? I, it was just amazing. I really I needed this trip as a reset just to like, it puts yeah. things into perspective. 
um, this is the thing that I found crazy. They they built it in a year. They started building it sure. in 1926 and finished it in 1927. This thing is huge, mm-hmm. Joy, huge. And so you look at like you know something like that being built, you know in these these days, you know, with all of the construction equipment and stuff that we have, like, yeah, that would make sense. But back then it's like, how the fuck did you do that? Well, they, no one was TikToking or making a reel. I mean, they were more but focused it's, it's not, on it's, building a proper good point. good point. And if everybody's coming through, I mean, weren't they in the beginning using them for the people coming out for the gold rush? I mean, or was like what was this particular hotel set up for? So here's what it was for. So I'm gonna go deep into this right now. You Let's ready? Do it. I love it. Okay. Let's do it. So there is a spot. Um, so in Yosemite, like one of the oldest spots in there is Curry Village, right? And Curry Village was basically started as a camp. It was a campsite. It's now got some glamping spots, like some glampy yurts and stuff. And not yurts, but some glampy tents. So it was started by the Currys, um, which was they were a married couple who were teachers who came to the Yosemite Valley. Um in the early 1900s and they opened up a camp and they basically they kind of got a monopoly on everything they were the first yeah. people in there that did this stuff and um they realized that uh there was like a great deal of interest for this area and they were like you know what let's build a hotel so the Curries of Curry Village and Curry Base Camp are the ones that that built the Iwani and they named it after the valley, uh, the Iwani Valley, okay. the original people whose land it was. And the other thing about the Iwani is it was a seasonal thing. It was open during the summertime and it would close at winter, but they were like losing money. So they rebranded it. So they rebranded the area as winter sports, come and ski. So it turned into a winter location. And one of the ways that they made it really special to attract people coming is every year over the holidays, they would put on a play. My husband was excited because he said to me, he was like, Emily, they have like a Ren Fair dinner, which I thought he was like full of shit. Turns out they do. Right, they do. And it's been going on for um, almost a century since it first opened when they would do when they were opened over the winter time because they had a play that they would put on and the curries would um be like the king and queen oh and they'd become friends with ansel adams who was obviously he's now incredibly famous he was just a, like a local eccentric photographer person at the time and they brought him in to play the jester Huh. And so they'd have this huge banquet and it was basically dinner theater. Um, and he played the jester. And so they had this play written especially for it. And then, and the guy that wrote the play also directed it and he died in the 1930s. And so then they were like, Hey, Ansel, would you come and take over directing? And he did that, but he also rewrote the whole thing. And he took on a role as he, he rewrote it, including a role for himself and his wife as the butler and the maid. Oh, and so it's like all of these things. I'm like, that's amazing. Um, Hugh Hauser for for you Californians out there. Hugh, it's amazing. So, uh, it was originally opened in 1927, um, being obviously named to reflect the local heritage of the area. The building's stunning design and interior decor feel elegant, rustic, and play pay homage to the Native Americans of the area. Mm-hmm. This this paired with the paranormal activity. occurring within the hotel's walls contributed to the on-screen inspiration of the quintessential cinematic haunted hotel from The Shining to be drawn from the Awani. The Awani's lobby, great lounge, and particularly its double red door elevators portray stark similarities to those portrayed in the Overlook Hotel. The hotel's interior decor is based on a style known as parkitecture, which is also used in the movie. There you go, Joy. A little fact you didn't know. Bang. Architecture. Parkitecture, right? Isn't that punny? Well, look at that. The hotel is thought to be haunted by uh, the former owner of the Iwani, Mary Curry, who is the daughter the, from the original owner's builders. Uh, Mary Curry, uh, Tresida, Tresida, um, who passed away 
inside her apartment on the hotel sixth floor in 1970. By the way, Queen Elizabeth stayed at the Awani when she visited. I think it was 1982. No big deal. Shout out to Queen Lizzie. Robin Leach probably talked about that. (laughs) The Queen Elizabeth stayed at the Awani. Lifestyles of the rich and paranormal. You have to do it. (laughs) Lifestyles of the rich and paranormal. He's Australian, Perfect. by the way, so that's just, but whatever. Uh, I'm American, so my ears, you know. Good point. Thank you. Okay, thank God. Allegedly, her spirit still hangs around her room and the floor's hallways where her apparition is commonly seen by staff and guests. This shouldn't deter prospective visitors from staying here, though, as Mary's haunting is that of a friendly one. The entity is said to be prankish often more than frightening and is known for tucking visitors in as they sleep folding clothes and misplacing items around rooms as well as calling out to guests folding clothes i want mary to haunt my house she's like hang on i'm gonna put your keys under this cushion however i can't leave it a mess (laughs) your toothpaste is under the mattress but I folded your underpants and put them away. You're Perfect. welcome. Thank you, Mary. So another spirit said to inhabit the Awani Hotel is connected to a rocking chair kept mm. in the room that former U.S. President John F. Kennedy stayed in during a visit in 1962. At mm. the time, the chair had been put in the room at the president's request as he claimed that he had been having back pain and he reportedly spent a lot of time sitting there calmly rocking away The chair was removed from the room when he left, but oddly enough, since his death, a spectral rocking chair has been... No, I'm not going to fucking stop, Joy, because I'm mid-sentence. Just kidding. (laughs) That was perfect. I have nothing to add. Continue. such a cunt. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, The chair was removed from the room when he left, but oddly enough, since his death, a spectral rocking chair has been reported moving on its own in rooms and halls throughout the hotel's third floor, which is where Kennedy's room had been, and especially in the actual room itself. So that's that. Next up, the Wawona Hotel. So during the 1920s, a small plane crashed outside the Wawona Hotel and the badly injured pilot was taken to Moore Cottage, one of the hotel's guest units. Tragically, before the doctor arrived, the pilot died from his injuries. Since then, both employees and guests have seen a ghostly figure dressed as a pilot, complete with leather jacket, headgear with goggles, and a white silk scarf walking down Moore Cottage inside stairs. Employees at the Wawona Hotel also recount the story of an evening in 1985 when a group watching television got an unwelcome surprise as a 10-foot section of the carpet raised three inches off the floor and moved across the room towards them. No, no big deal. Sounds like a a very, very large raccoon. Team of mice. (laughs) Team of mice. Oh, my God. More recently, rooms manager Michael Brunier was alone in the Wawona Hotel kitchen when the fire alarm suddenly sounded. Brunier went to the front office to check which of the fire pull stations had been activated. Fire pull stations, a throwback to the past, are designed so that a person must physically activate them at a specific site, obviously, like we have them in like in uh, school hallways or whatever. To Brunier's surprise, the fire control panel said it was a pull station in the kitchen located a mere eight feet from where he was standing when the alarm sounded. Oh. (laughs) No big deal. Okay. So the Grouse Lake ghost. Ooh. So the ghost at Grouse Lake is actually thought to be one of the oldest ghost uh, reported happenings paranormal i guess reported happenings in yosemite national park it's uh, so the oldest written account at least of the grouse lake ghost is from 1857 and it's written by the park's first ranger galen clark so galen clark first came to yosemite in 1855 galen giggling about pile in the wild something about there's something about galen's and nature Joy. I wonder what how he was at a zipline. Anyway, 
Like four people listening know the, what we're the, talking the about. Four and that's listening. fine. And that's it's fine. fine. Uh, really pe- fine. People named Galen are really good at outdoorsy stuff. Um, and look really good doing it. Galen Clark first came to Yosemite in 1855 after reading about it in an article written by James Hutchings. Shortly afterwards, Galen was given six months to live after being diagnosed with consumption, which is tuberculosis. Um, he moved permanently to Yosemite in 1857 to, quote, unquote, die, <laughs> as he put it. I don't know why they said, quote, unquote. When I found it, they were like, to, quote, unquote, die, as he put it. And I'm like, that's a, I think that's how most people put it. But all right, whatever. Um, because they probably expected him to be like, to live out my final days in the sunset exactly. of my life. And he was like, I'm going to die. To Get die. out of my way. Um, but instead, he lived a long and productive life. He founded the Wawona Hotel. Oh, as we just mentioned, and he was instrumental in lobbying to protect Yosemite Valley from development, which ultimately led to uh, President Lincoln signing the the Yosemite Grant of 1864, which declared Yosemite as federally preserved land. So in addition to all of this, he also became the first superintendent from the park and lived to the ripe old age of 95. Oh, wow. And died just a few days short of his 96th birthday. And so, Joy, this made me think of you because this is, it seems like a very Joy thing that would, uh, he picked out his own gravesite and dug it. (laughs) I would. Uh, he also delineated it with six sequoia saplings, four of which are still growing, and oh. he carved out his own headstone some 20 years before he passed. Certainly. You want to make sure it is done the way you want it. Exactly. And no misspellings right. and the style. And I mean, you don't want somebody to use the wrong font. Exactly. You can't have papyrus on your headstone. No. No yeah. Times New Roman for me. And Thank you like, very much. You need to make sure that that plot is dug comfortably. Comfortably. So that you, yeah, comfortably. So you fit in it. You're not squished. Right. You're, you're going in there to rest. And it's nature, so you want to be deep enough so no critters can dig you up and pull There's some pet cemetery bullshit. Yeah. Unless you want them to. Woo! Your cat right. now. Honestly, I found myself listening to a song today thinking, oh, that's a song I want to be played as they carry me out when I die. And I was really? like, what is wrong with you? Mm, I have none of that flim flam scheduled. I honestly found myself thinking tonight, like, but it was just like very rational. I should make a Spotify playlist of my funeral songs that I want played. What is wrong with me? This is where I go. I would just write down a playlist because to think that Spotify will still be relevant when you die. I feel like doesn't give you the longevity you deserve. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. If you have a scary story of your own that when you listen to us, you think, oh, I should send my stuff in. Email us at the residuals podcast at gmail.com. We also have Instagram, the underscore residuals underscore podcast. And I think we have a Twitter too. No, no, we don't have one anymore uh, because F a whole bunch of that. So anyway, yeah. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Should we get back to the show? Oh, heck yeah. Anywho, let's get to it. Uh, So, uh, in September of 1958, Galen went on what he called a long tramp. (laughs) All right. Sounds like me in the late 90s, early 2000s. I've known some long tramps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He Mm. went on a long tramp to Grouse Lake, which is a small alpine lake eight miles from the present, the current site of the Bawona. So he claimed that he walked along its shores uh, and that he heard a chilling, unearthly wail seeming to come from the water itself, sounding like a puppy when lost, is how he described it. So when the unsettled clerk um, later asked some Native Americans in the area what kind of animal it was that he had heard or if they had a dog that could have made the noise, they proceeded to tell him that it was no animal or dog, but rather the spirit 
of a tribal boy who had tragically drowned there years ago and oh. didn't take kindly to visitors. It was even claimed that he would attack anyone who set foot in the water. Oh, no. So in his uh, journal, Clark would write of this. They replied it was not a dog, that a long time ago, an Indian boy had been drowned in the lake and that every time anyone passed there, he always cried after them and no one dared go into the lake for the boy would catch them by the legs and pull them down and they would be <gasps> drowned. Oh, I then, yeah, I then concluded that it must have been some unforeseen waterfowl that made that cry. And at that time, I thought that the Indians were trying to impose on my credulity, but I am now convinced they fully believed the story they told me. Um, listen, you can tell yourself whatever you want to sleep at night. Right, Galen? But I trust the people who have lived on that land for 5,000 years. Same. He's just gaslighting himself. He's like, it's fine. Everything's fine. That didn't happen. Yeah. You all get a therapist. Right. <clears throat> Next one. Bridal Veil Fall. Mm. Bridal Veil Fall, with which cascades 617 foot down a sheer granite cliff, is also said to be haunted. Mm. The Awani tribe believed that the fall was the haunt of an evil spirit called Pahono who was also known to try and lure unsuspecting victims over the precipice and to their deaths. The method by which the spirit was said to do this is varied. In some cases, using hypnotic rainbows in the mist to draw people closer. In other cases, calling out to use curiosity against victims or even appearing as an apparition to beckon people closer, after which a strong gust of wind would fling them over the fall. I'd be so dead. I'd be dead three times. Oh, look at this rainbow. Oh, someone's Legit. calling me. Oh, look who's over there. Thunk. I'm done. Exactly. Indeed, there have been actually a few recorded deaths of people being blown over the fall or slipping and falling onto the rocks really? below. Yeah, the, the winds are said to be very unpredictable at the top. Campers have also reported hearing strange voices or sounds coming from the direction of the fall at night. I mean, this is a very good case for like, are the stories made up because of the natural things that happen mm -hmm. or. <laughs> exactly. So next thing up, and this is just a small handful and don't even get me. I didn't even want to go anywhere near the huckleberry bush thing because it just freaks me out. Do you know about the huckleberry bush? I don't. Maybe you need to. Maybe. And this was more for me that because I was writing about this before I left, and I was like, I can't do this to myself. Children, there's a, a, a history of children going missing within the park, and they always seem to vanish near huckleberry bushes. And they are really, just, they are normally found miles away from where they disappeared. One of them was a little boy who was found, and his shoes were missing, but his feet were clean, and he was found miles away miles whoa yeah oh Numerous. at first i was gonna say if they weren't found maybe like a bear just got them because don't no. bears eat huckleberries but they were found miles away wow yeah at least their bodies oh. were and i didn't want to do that just because i was going into your no i small children i was like not gonna do it not gonna tempt fate yeah huh. But that is actually, I'm going to skip, I'm going to skip ahead one. No, I don't want to. People, they, so that is something that is, uh, has been rumored to be connected to Bigfoot. Oh, <gasps> okay. So I was sort of because on the right track with bears and food. Yeah. <laughs> these kids, so some of these, some of the bodies. Have of any of them been found alive? I can't remember. I honestly only got so far before I was like, nope, can't do this to myself. Sure. Will not do this to myself. Um, because uh, the children were found within days of disappearing, miles and miles and miles away, like tens of miles away. Like how would they even walk that far? And yeah. also most of these spots they were found, they were they had to be found by by air. And these places oh, were not like hard to even get to hard terrain to get to in that amount of time by any kind of vehicle other than for like even adults who know how to climb exactly. hard to get there. Yeah. Yeah. In that short amount of time. So, oh, 
So disappearances. Let's check this out. Yosemite has been the location of a fair number of inexplicable disappearances, by far the most often discussed and hotly debated mysterious vanishing to have occurred at Yosemite National Park is the disappearance of 14-year-old Stacy Ann Aris in 1981. On the afternoon of July 17th, 1981, Aris was on a camping trip with her father and six others at the Sunrise Sierra Camp a small cluster of cabins for people passing through on hikes along the popular mountain chalet loop. Aris had arrived on horseback with her group, and she soon expressed an interest in taking some photos of a nearby lake. Since it was not far, her father didn't deem it necessary to go with her, but another member of the group, 72-year-old man, a 72-year-old man decided to go with her. As they approached the lake, the man reportedly sat down to take a rest as Aris went on ahead. In the meantime, other members of the group looked down on the whole thing from a bridge. Because when I first read this, I was like, he done it. But sure. Other members of the group were watching them. And from but a the bridge. dad didn't go? No. Mm. But mm. so, yeah. So the rest of the group was watching this whole thing happen from a bridge. And they watched as Aris disappeared into some trees. Period. That was it. Period. Period. The end. When she didn't return oh within God. a reasonable length of time, the group went off looking for her, but would find only the lens of her camera. <gasps> no other traces of the girl whatsoever. An extensive oh official search of the area using helicopters and tracker dogs would have no further luck. And eventually it was called off with no evidence at all of what happened to Stacey Aris or where she had gone. Park Superintendent Robert been a wife would say at the time she just seems to have disappeared which i'm sure is exactly what the family wanted to hear oh my god so the strange disappearance of stacy ann aris gained a fair amount of publicity and gained a cult following among researchers of the paranormal and unexplained and the case has gained quite a lot of notoriety allegedly when stacy ann disappeared park officials were evasive and reticent to release any information on it when faced with a request under the Freedom of Information Act, even going as far as to withhold and flat-out hide facts relating to it allegedly, deliberately, or deliberately, allegedly. Um, <sighs> the Aris disappearance has gone on to become widely discussed and picked apart over the internet with no solution in sight. And more recent disappearances include the 2005 vanishing of 51-year-old Michael Allen Feisery, who was an avid and experienced hiker and backpacker. On June 15, 2005, Feisery headed out on a hike along the north end of the Hetch Hetchy Reservoir, but at some point changed his mind and went up the Pacific Crest Trail. This would be the last time anyone would see him. When he didn't return after his wilderness permit expired, a search was carried out, but all that could be found was a backpack containing a topographical map, a camera, and a bottle of water. Oh. God, I want to know what was on that camera. That's all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. How massive... long was the, the pass good the for? Pass... Oh, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't look that up. Why would I do that? I don't know. I'm just wondering if it was like days or if it was like months. I don't know. Um, a massive search wow. involving personnel from five counties utilizing aircraft and tracker, uh, tracker dogs were unable to find any trace of the missing hiker and his case remains unsolved. I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to understand that like if somebody fell and got hurt and then there are animals and you know, if, you might not be found for very natural reasons, but mm -hmm. like, uh, still weird that there's no trace at all. Exactly. Um, in June of 2011, there was the case of 30 year old George Penka, uh, P E N C A, so Pensa Penka, who was out hiking at the upper Yosemite Falls with his church group. During the hike, Penka fell behind the group and proceeded to completely vanish off the face of the earth. Dis what right legit despite extensive searches of the area no sign of him was found strangely yosemite national park and unceremoniously and discreetly took down his missing persons page in the coming weeks 
Oh. Perhaps stranger still is the disappearance of 35-year-old Alan Martin of Modesto, California in February 2016. On the evening of February 9th, 2016, Martin visited the Chicken Ranch Casino, left the premises at approximately 4.08 p.m. Security captured him walking across the parking lot, and he then apparently walked right off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Martin has not been seen since. Wow. And that brings me to my last thing and your favorite thing, Bigfoot. Oh, exciting. Second to Washington State, California has the most reported sightings of Bigfoot in the United States. Yeah, you can't fucking trust it here. It's not safe. This legendary creature, thought to be a cross between a giant human and an ape that lives among the forest wilderness, has had reported sightings all over the world. If you're in Northern California, there are a few places that are among the most popular for the Bigfoot creature. Even renowned anthropologist Jane Goodall has said that she believes that Bigfoot, or the Yeti, as it's known, could exist in remote parts of the world. Really? Uh And there have certainly been plenty of sightings in Yosemite, like the California conservation corpse worker who described a terrifying encounter with the 600-pound beast covered in black hair. Oh, my God. As in most reports, though, the creature was easily frightened and retreated as soon as he came face to face with human beings. So here is the letter from the mum of the California Conservation Corps worker. Core. So, and this is, yeah, sorry, core, whatever. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like mortuary coroner. No. no. Okay. Here is a letter from the mum of a California conservation core. Yes. <laughs> Remember. Um, um, and it's from June 2004. Okay. Letter reads, My son wrote me from Yosemite about a Bigfoot encounter. My son Rob is a 19-year-old who is working for the California Conservation Corps, cleaning and building trails up there this summer. He wrote to me to tell me there is a Bigfoot up there. Then he called a few hours ago to tell me this story. Joy, here is the story. Are you ready? Seems a worker up there was camping in the Tulum Meadows, T-U-O-L-U-M-N-E. Tulum, Tulum, in the the T-word Meadows, somewhere near a lake. He mentioned Miguel Meadows near Lake Vernon in Yosemite. Uh, He was in his tent ready to go to sleep, and he heard something come running down a hill towards his tent. The feet were hitting the ground with a great thud, and it was a bipedal, which for listeners, that means it's just got two two feet. Two feet. It walks on two feet. Yeah. He told my son that he wasn't scared because he considered himself a dead man at that point. He just needed to decide whether to get out of the tent and run. He figured that would trigger the animal's impulse and chase and kill him or to get out of the tent and try to pretend that he was bigger than whatever was out here. He chose the latter. He got out of the tent and let out the loudest scream he could, which was returned just about (gasps) in his face by a much louder scream. The scream was so loud, it was deafening, and the guy described it as blood-curdling, and it scared him very badly. No shit, bro. Holy shit. After the creature screamed, it ran off. It was dark, and the guy described what he saw as something tall with black fur, and it looked away about 600 pounds. It was standing like a human. This left the guy kind of shocked. Oh, my God. fucking think, Rob? And so he went to the nearest camp and was telling some old timers who had lived there a long time what happened to him. They then told this kid that they have seen, that they have had so many weird experiences up there that nothing surprises them and that they have far too many experiences to even talk about. Yo, like the backbone on that kid to be like, well, I'm going to go out. If I'm going to die, I'm going to go out screaming in its face. That's wild. Right. But wait, there's more. My son oh, said okay. that they have met local Indians up there, which I don't know if that's the right. I don't know if you should, if you could, like, my husband's from Canada 
and it's it's appropriate to say First Nations. Like I don't want to be dis. I'm this. I'm quoting. Like I'm reading this letter. Yeah. But I don't want to be disrespectful. So I just want people to know that. Like I'm just reading what this. Person right. No. Wrote. This is all like somebody's. Yeah. This is someone yes. else's words. But I. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. So my son said they have met local Indians up there, and they say that there is also a creature that they call the Nunu, N U N U, that they swear lives up there. They're short ugly little troll-like creatures. Sounds like someone I dated in college. The only experience my son has had up there so far is that they were too far from the base camp one day to hike back. So they were told to make camp in this old, uninhabited Conservation Corps building. (laughs) It is used from time to time, but nobody lives or stays there for most of the year. Anyway, he told me he was laying down, about ready to go to sleep, and he heard a strange noise. It sounded like something came running up to the outside of the building and made a sound, uh, a noise that sounded like wape. It says W hyphen A hyphen P hyphen E or dash W A P E. So like WAP and then ran off. He said it really scared the heck out of him, but he didn't try to go see what it was. So there you have it. Just ask where the kids from the Conservation Corps hang out, and you will have lots of potential Bigfoot Nunu sightings. Oh, my god! From Cindy Cherald, Thursday, June 24th, 2004. Wow. And that concludes my book report on Haunted Yosemite. Yay! Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Haunted Yosemite, man. I would really like, I would like to hear more of the indigenous people's stories about the land. Oh, 100%. Maybe we could like get into the legends and yeah, maybe we can find some, uh, some Native American um, paranormal tales for the same area. Cause that would be cool. If this is how I get you. To talk about ancient aliens. No, Joy. Yes, because that's what, that's what happens. That is the inevitable place that it goes. You want to talk about creation myths and where people came from. So, so, uh, so many cultures so easily fit into all the ancient alien stuff. And I'm not saying that I'm like, yes, I believe everything that Giorgio Sucolo says. I don't. Is he the guy with the hair? Yes. (laughs) I don't believe everything, but it's very interesting. Okay. Very interesting. That's that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say, I would really love to have somebody on um, who, you know, who is actually, I would love to have somebody, a guest from the native American community. Yes. So we don't fuck it up and whitewash it from our end. Um, I'd really love to hear, you know, to speak with somebody and, and learn from them about, I don't know, about their their tribe and, you know. Their beliefs, paranormal and otherwise, their stories. Yeah, yeah. in a respectful, yeah. and obviously in a respectful manner, not in an exploitive way. Um, no, yeah, no, I just want to know the background because I don't yeah. know it. And I find all kinds of cultural history and folklore really interesting. Yeah, same. Cool. Yeah, we should. If anybody knows, please put us in touch with somebody. If if someone listening has background that they're willing to share, that would be really cool. Yes, please. We would love that. Yes. Um, Joy, what are you grateful for? Oh, the last one <laughs> of... 2022 um i'm grateful that in less than a week i will be on a plane to new york yes i did a little google photos searching today and i realized the last time that I was with my family in New York City was May of 2019. Yeah. Oh, Enzo must have been a tiny pickle. He's never been tiny. I was just going to (laughs) say, 
I mean, like his legs were shorter, which means he was easier to catch. No, no, he's always been so fast. He's never been easy. He's always to been catch. very fast. <laughs> uh, he was only three. Oh my god! Uh, and now he's almost seven. Jesus, that's that's. Oh, so that's big um, I 100% think he's going to cry when he's in the for real cold for the first time he can remember because he does not remember being in a little stroller bubble in Brooklyn like with all the snow around him cut like all in layers and layers and layers no he has no recollection of that he goes out now when it's like 60 degrees and he's like oh mom it's cold and I'm like ha, 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 ha. just wait sir just wait <sighs> so yeah it's gonna be an adventure <laughs> what are you thankful for I'm grateful for the members of our mum cult oh because our parenting cult a parenting cult you're right uh he had a panic that started last week week before over formula my oh yeah my son has severe acid uh, acid reflux and so he's on medication, but he's also on special formula for it. He's on hypoallergenic formula. And the the formula shortage is still happening, but it seems to have hit hypoallergenic formula really hard in the past mm. month or so, and you can't find it anywhere. Um, and for a 12-and-a-half-ounce can, canister of it, which is equates to about a day and uh, two-and-a-half days' worth of feeding for my kid – is 40 fucking dollars like uh, how anyone is expected to afford this is mind-boggling it's like we just people just want to feed their fucking kids and they're bankrupting themselves but i haven't been able to find it anywhere members of our parent cult came to the rescue and because i put out the the fucking i put up the smoke signals saying please wait smoke signals yeah. smoke signals is that a Bat signal. Bat signal. I put. I shot a flare into the sky. There you go. Shouting help. I asked for help. I asked for help. <laughs> Why would I say that, Joy? Because we're not allowed to actually say how we feel. Everything has to be veiled. <laughs> yeah. Um, I asked for help. And lo and behold, like one of the members immediately reached out to me. And she was like, I'm going, I found some at my target. I can only pick them up. You can't do like drive up, pick up. You have to buy in store. And she went and got me a bunch and dropped them at my front door the next day so I could feed my kid. Amazing. And it's like, I don't want to stockpile because that's fucked up. Right. You don't want to, you don't want to empty the, the shelves. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, that's, I'm grateful that you and I are in a parenting group that, you know, as, as the thing says, they provide. Right. They come through and they came through. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been a wonderful year recording with you, Joy. I'm very excited it's to see lovely. what happens in 2023. I don't know, man. Oh, that seems like a fake year. <laughs> like the wrong year. <laughs> oh. Well, listeners, thank you for being on this ride with us. Yay. Thank you for listening <laughs> this year. We are at basically 30,000 all-time downloads. What? Really? Yeah. And like, I understand that some people get that in like one episode because they're like big and famous and do promo and stuff. But like, we're just small potatoes. Yeah, but we've. We did that. Yeah. You we did, like you people listening did that. Yeah. You guys like you're you all are the ones that are like telling your friends to listen and stuff. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, seriously. And, you know, I know we've already said it on the show uh, in our little insert blurb, but please go and rate and review us because the, the more reviews and ratings that we get, it actually moves us onto uh, suggested shows for other people who are interested in the paranormal genre um, and listen to shows like ours. So please do that. Do us a favor. We would really appreciate it. Yes, please, 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 please. And tell your, tell your family over the table at Hanukkah and Christmas. 
Just do or it. Or whatever you're celebrating or not celebrating at this yeah. usual time off. Or take this time when, you know, your family is uh, intoxicated to get the creepy ghost stories out of them. Just or just put us on. You just, you know, there's like a lull in like, just put some uh, residuals on. It's great family entertainment. That's there's it. zero F-bombs. Mm. There's nothing controversial. Not at all. And everyone will have a very easy time falling asleep later. Yeah. With the nightlight. Yeah. Mm. So until next time. Until next year. Yeah, until next year. Sage your sofas. And don't be afraid of the dark. But I will continue to do so. Wait, can I say that like Robin Leach? Oh, please. And don't be afraid of the dark. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Your toothpaste is under the mattress, but I folded your underpants and put them away. You're welcome. <laughs>